Welcome to the Vote Her podcast, because when you vote, great things can happen. Hi, I'm Mara Davis, and today I am wearing pants with a button on them. And I'm Jen Jordan, and I'm not. I mean, pants with a button. I am wearing pants, just to be clear. Well, welcome to the show. We are post-Thanksgiving. So that's why I feel like the pants thing is an accomplishment because uh, did you have last week we talked about your cornbread dressing? How it was amazing, okay, amazing. Good. You would, I, we had Watergate salad, you know, in honor of Richard Nixon. I'm not quite sure if y'all know what that is. What is that? It's like pistachio jello and cream cheese and whipped cream. It's bizarre, but it was like so old school. I was just wanting anything that would harken back to a time when we weren't basically just shutting our homes. I learned, uh, I don't know about Watergate salad. It kind of, it's taking me back to like an ambrosia in that family. It's more kind of like jello, creamy jello. It's kind of really disgusting looking. (laughs) And it's like this light green, but for whatever reason, I really like it. And so I, I wanted to kind of, you know, I just wanted to get back to that place. Okay, well, that's good. Uh, We all felt a little comfort from that, even though it was a little weird. But the politics just did not stop. Obviously, everybody is talking about the Georgia runoffs from Hannity to Hollywood. I mean, it's just, it's nonstop, even on Thanksgiving Day. No, it was, well, because you have, you know, Trump, who doesn't stop even on Thanksgiving Day. He decided to finally make some public comments and he did acknowledge the runoff. And I love, I don't think he really knows everybody's names. He was calling them Kelly and David. And it just, I don't know, it didn't feel like there was a real at ease, like he knew them so well. Well, he still mispronounces Kelly Loeffler's name. He calls her Kelly Loeffler. So let's be clear. He, he, Yeah, he's not really thinking about them. So along the lines of the runoff, so let's talk about a couple of things. Senator Perdue has been written a lot in the press uh, the past couple of days, bad stock trades again, and uh, doing all kinds of shady business on the stock market. I, I, I personally don't think that registers at all as far as, I don't think people care. Well, I think if we go back to the whole thing of, you know, runoffs or base elections and getting out your base. I mean, I think for the people who don't like Purdue and are going to get out and vote for Ossoff and Warnock, I think it just reinforces what they already think they know about them. And then for everybody else, they kind of just throw it to the side. I mean, there's no doubt it sucks. What he's doing is, or what he is, what is alleged is pretty shady. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is shady. But this is the deal. I mean... Look, it is what it is. Hopefully, though, even out of the political season, this will get a little bit of sunlight on it. I hope so. And then you've got more of the attack ads. You can't watch anything without seeing these attack ads. And I actually really loved the most recent uh, Reverend Warnock ad where he brought the dog into it again. And you can take a listen to it. We told them the smear ads were coming. And that's exactly what happened. You would think that Kelly Leffler might have something good to say about herself if she really wants to represent Georgia. Instead, she's trying to scare people by taking things I've said out of context from over 25 years of being a pastor. But I think Georgians will see her ads for what they are. Don't you? I'm Raphael Warnock, and we approve this message. 
Jen, did you know that that's not his dog? I thought it might not be. People are not talking about this. I, I don't know if I should talk about it, but I've been trying to investigate this dog. It's a pretty cute dog. <laughs> it's, uh, but it, it belongs to someone we both know's neighbor. And I, I don't know. I would think they should do a whole article on the dog, but whatever. Because it's so effective. Do you think that's effective advertising? No. I mean, look, who doesn't like a dog? Who, especially who doesn't <laughs> like a cute puppy? I mean, it's it's actually been a really brilliant, um, It's it's been really brilliant when it comes to political stuff and, and the political messaging, because everything has become such noise that you really aren't listening Right. And so all of a sudden you get these ads with this cute puppy. I mean, people perk up like crazy then. It got millions and millions of views. People are seeing that nationwide via social media. I think it's pretty effective. But is it effective that President Trump is who's coming into town on Saturday? That's what they've announced. And they've been calling it a Thanksgiving miracle. Is it a Thanksgiving miracle, Jen? Uh, no. Not to me. I mean, maybe it's a Thanksgiving miracle to Senator Perdue and Senator Leffler. But is it? Look, they need Trump supporters to show up at the polls. And and they're going to do whatever they have to do to make that happen, including, as we've talked about before, throwing the Republican Secretary of State literally under the bus. So, you know, it's it's disappointing, especially in light of the fact that we are still in the middle of a pandemic and we're going to have this Thanksgiving miracle, this turkey kind of plop its way into the state. I mean, just what we need, another super spreader event, for goodness sakes. But, you know, they need them. So let's see if he's going to actually be able to deliver for them. What I find bizarre has been uh, Doug Collins going out and campaigning for Kelly Leffler when it was only minutes ago. They absolutely despised each other. And some of the things that are being said at these these rallies or campaign events are, are they're pretty crazy. History know my past. I'm a pastor. I pastored for over 11 years a place called Chickpea Baptist Church. I'm still a United States Air Force Reserve Chaplain who served in Iraq. And let me just touch on a few things. I am not sure, Kelly, what a pro-choice pastor looks like. I know what it doesn't look like. It doesn't look like what my Bible tells me when it says, I made you and I needed you in your mother's womb. It did not say that a man and a woman did it. It is that my God in heaven put his hands upon the womb and knitted us in his womb. He knew us before we ever came out. He knew us before we go. There is no such thing as a pro-choice pastor. What you have is a lie from the bed of hell. It is time to send it back to Ebenezer Baptist Church. Then you have other people at rallies, like Ronna McDaniel is here, and people in the crowd are just screaming, uh, you know, they're upset about the results of the election. So do you think this really matters? I mean, what what are you forecasting? Look, I think I think the problem that the Republicans have is that this is really kind of a civil war within their ranks. I mean, Trump and his voters, right, his voting base really believe that the Republicans have not delivered a victory to Trump and that they should have, and that this somehow has been stolen from them and from him. And, you know, they're not being very nice. Well, they're not being nice to Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. He had a kind of a scathing op-ed 
in USA Today this week. And um, he also, I did not know this. I did not know that he lost a son uh, a couple years ago. And there was an article about the, from Jim Galloway, who is retiring from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, uh, the political oh, insider, just a be. great, great journalist. And he said it really poignantly. I thought, you know, you know, when you've lost a child, having being attacked by the president just doesn't seem to carry that much weight. Yeah. I mean, once you lose a child, you know, you've basically been dealt the toughest blow. Yeah. Now, so now the president's coming to town. Do you think Obama's going to be coming to town? I think he will at some point, but maybe closer to election day to make sure people get out and vote. But in terms of, let's go back to Trump coming into town because, you know, he has really been focusing his anger on Republicans, including Governor Kemp. And so the question is, what is he going to say at this rally? Is he going to say something negative or point the finger um, at Kemp? I mean, is he going to blame Kemp for his loss? And, you know, what does that really mean two years from now when he's up for re-election. And Governor Kemp's speech was, he, he, I mean, they, I think they're in a really weird position because here Kemp's being thrown under the bus, but yet he's still trying to uphold the integrity of the Secretary of State. So his comments just were, were sort of cringeworthy. Well, they're just, right. Look, it was, it was he he felt like he needed to say something he said something it was basically just word vanilla pudding i mean it really didn't mean anything but he showed his face and then he got back in you know to the rabbit hole cuz we haven't seen him much since then over the last several weeks unfortunately we've seen a lot of misinformation and more recently quite honestly baseless attacks that are absolutely absurd and accusations made against myself and my family. Word vanilla pudding. <laughs> Is it a Nixon salad? <laughs> Watergate. <Yeah>, Watergate salad. <laughs> and then on the other side, you had, or you're seeing a lot of this Stacey Abrams and Hollywood and advising Hollywood because it feels like every superstar wants to somehow help out Georgia and the election, which in some ways I believe this can be good and effective, but in other ways it's terrible. For example, there was this weird conspiracy going around on, on Twitter about how you had to have a driver's license or a car to register to vote. I saw people like uh, Sonny Hostin retweeting it. I saw Deborah Messing retweeting it. This is a problem. It is a problem because look, these people, have tremendous followings. I mean, we're we're not talking about thousands. I mean, we're we're talking about hundreds millions and, and millions yeah. Yeah. of followers. And so when they retweet bad information or or false information, it has an effect. I mean, we talk about this in terms of the president all the time, right? And that it's so irresponsible to do that. But when you're a celebrity, you also have to take that into account. I mean, you can't just retweet without double checking and making sure that it in fact is true. Someone I know texted me that information and I vetted it and I was like, please, can you just follow people like Stephen Fowler, uh, people like Greg Bluestein, all these, you know, Stephen Fowler, man, 
that guy uh, has been going at it with this lawsuit that they're filing against the Georgia election, which is like riddled with errors and mistakes. And yeah, like they misspelled the word district. <laughs> it's like, look, I mean, as a, look, as a, as a practicing attorney, especially somebody who has litigated in federal court, federal court is no joke. So that kind of stuff is really not good. Not goot, as we say. Well, you have this Sidney Powell and, of course... And then Lynn Wood, of course, who's been popping his head up. Uh, I, I mean, and Rudy Giuliani with that with the leaking hair dye. I mean, this is just an absolute circus. This movie is going to be incredibly... Like, you're going to watch this movie in a couple of years and you're going to be like, how did this really happen? But, but what's so weird is that you do, you have these characters, right? They are like real life caricatures like for example lynn wood i mean people may not remember that he represented richard jewell you know in that libel and defamation case people may not remember that he represented john and patsy ramsey you know when they were accused of or at least it was intimated that they killed their daughter john benet i mean it is a wild group of characters well, so the Hollywood people should look to write a screenplay about it, and they are talking to Stacey Abrams. It's been reported that she is actually talking to Hollywood leaders, uh, studio executives, you know, actors, actresses, everybody involved, to kind of steer them in the way of where to direct your money, where to direct your advice, because I have a feeling there are going to be a lot more fancy and influential people coming to town. Well, and, and just to kind of piggyback on what you were saying, Folks really need to follow local journalists. For example, Emma Hurt, um, you know, with WABE. You've got Nicole Carr with WSB. You've got Patricia Murphy with the AJC. I mean, there are all kinds of, of people that are here in Atlanta that are covering these stories, including Greg and Stephen and the like. So it's one of those things where if you will just double check, you don't even have to get on the line with anybody cool or famous. Just just double check your facts. Well, that's why because of this, because of all this recounting, because of all this craziness and foolery, we decided uh, we should talk to some of those local journalists who are not doing this to try to be famous or to get attention. They're actually doing the real work. Well, while Georgia's recounting again and again and again, you may have heard about Robin Kemp. Robin Kemp is a reporter who started her own news site called the Clayton Crescent after her own local paper laid her off back in April. And she was the one who watched all 21 hours of Clayton County's marathon counting, which seemed to go on and on and on. And we followed it very, very closely via Twitter. And then suddenly Robin is being written about and being interviewed worldwide. So we are lucky enough to have journalist supreme and pure excellence Please welcome Robin Kemp to the Vote Her podcast. Robin, hello. Hi, Mara. Uh, I'm very, very flattered that you would have me on your show, actually. Oh, my gosh. What's great is that you are actually on location right now in Clayton County with respect to the, the, the what is this, the third time we, we're counting votes in the state? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's getting really old and and. For me, the problem is that I am a one-person operation with a little bit of, of freelance starting to come into the mix. 
And this takes me away from covering so much else that needs to be covered in this county. And the county taxpayers are who pays for these recounts. So it's kind of disturbing that, you know, yes, you're entitled by law to have a recount if there's a certain margin. But in Clayton County specifically, the margin is enormously wide. There's it's like a 75 or 80 percent Democratic county over here, so there's no question that it's a Biden win. So for the people who work in the office who are sacrificing their Thanksgiving holiday weekend and who have already sacrificed a lot of time, uh, this is getting to be a really expensive enterprise on the county level. Anybody who's listening to this has been following what's been going on here, but just to kind of step back for a second, what makes this interesting is that effectively there has already been a hand recount Mm -hmm. because the Secretary of State under the risk um, limiting audit requirement that's new under Georgia law because of the new machines, all of these ballots have already been counted by hand in Clayton County and elsewhere in the state. And so this recount provision actually only comes into play after the results are certified. And like you said, there has to be a certain, you know, percentage between the winning and the losing candidate for it to even um, be triggered. But this isn't a hand recount, right? No, this is strictly machine. They're just, they're taking ballots and running them through the scanners. Uh, Yesterday, they finished up with the, they're not properly called ballots, I don't think. I think the ballot, when you vote on the machine, is the electronic touchscreen ballot. And there's another technical name for the piece of paper. But that piece of paper you slide into the big black scanner, it goes inside that scanner. It's really like a big bin. And they keep it for exactly this occasion. So if somebody wants to challenge the results, they go in these bins, they pull out these papers, and they all have the little QR code, and they go back and count again. Uh, They finished those, which went through very quickly. And now they're on the kind of, I guess they're triple folded or folded up uh, absentee advanced ballots. And those are longer, they're physically longer, so it takes more time to scan them, and it's slower. So yesterday they were getting two, maybe almost three a second. They discovered at one point one of the scanners that was giving them issues if they turned the paper landscape. That's less distance to scan if you think about it. So it sped it up. The next day I came in and they were all on landscape, just chunking them out. Uh, They finished those yesterday. They started bringing in the the so-called paper ballots, the absentee ballots. And we are slogging through those now. There are something like, there's over 30,000 of those. Good Lord. And about 504 that are provisional. And, you know, (laughs) they're going one ballot a second. So this is just interminable over here. And this really didn't even need to happen, right? I mean, I want to take it back to it to, to on election night when you were there every step of the way. Could you have imagined that not only would your name be on such a big radar, but that here you would be weeks later continuing to do this? <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, it's got its good and its bad points. You know, it's it's nice to have, you know, all this extravagant praise and recognition. You know, it's, it's great. But I'm just down here kind of doing 
a mundane beat reporter sort of job and don't think I was doing anything particularly special. It's just that people were interested in that one because it was the last one. So it was a, a question of being in the right place at the right time more than anything. But with that, also comes the cranks, right? And so now there's like 10,000 people who think that CNN bribed me $50,000 to stand in here and throw the election for Biden. I mean, it's just craziness, okay? Real craziness. I don't know what's more disturbing, the person kind of coming up with these storylines or that the fact that people really just believe stuff without questioning anything. I mean, that that's what's been crazy watching these folks after, you know, after the election. And meanwhile, wouldn't if you got fifty thousand dollars, wouldn't you be dancing in the streets like, wow, this is great for the the Clayton Crescents. Woo woo. Right. (laughs) If I had fifty thousand dollars personally, I would be on the beach right now, honey. I would not yeah, be me sitting too. in watching this. It, but what I got was very close to fifty thousand dollars in donations for the Clayton Crescent. It's not for me personally. It's for the operations. Of and it's business. not. And it's not from CNN. Let's be clear. Yes, it's not. You know, there may be some people I used to work with at CNN who gave me some money, but it's like personal. You know, and. I'm sure that most of them probably don't even work there anymore and have it in 20 years. So it's just, it's just, you know, propaganda is a a little scrap of the truth wrapped in a tissue of lies. So that's basically what's going on. What's been fascinating to me is how many new accounts have popped up, created November of 2020, um, that have Mm -hmm. been very, very aggressive, especially with local reporters um, like you, you know, trying to just report things and, and debunk things that aren't true. It's been fascinating watching that because I'm just, I don't know who these people are. I don't know if it's Russia, if it's local Republicans, if it's Trump supporters, or if it's just people trying to make trouble. And so that's, you know, it's disturbing. You think it I is? Mean, I, think, I think it's just people troublemakers. It may be some, you know, there may be some plausible deniability, second, third hand manipulation going on. I don't have a way to prove that. I don't have the time to prove that. But I know this, I think I have a fairly decent, cordial working relationship with the local Republican Party. You know, I, I talked to Garrett Ashley, I talked to his mom, I talked to the Republican poll watchers that are here. You know, it's, it's just, it's bizarre. I talked to the Democrats, I talked to the Republicans, I talked to the uh, the libertarians I talk to whoever you know I'm I'm not out here pushing any candidate so the notion that reporters do that is super super disturbing. Do you think that this is going to change in the Biden administration because it's not going to be the day to day assault on journalists and on media? Of course, you're going to have these pockets of people who are angry and you know you're gonna have this cult-like vibe that you're talking about but but do you think it will change I mean based on people being so excited about your small local journalism do you think that maybe there could be a shift Robin I honestly don't know I mean because I think that there are some real true believers out there let me tell you also something that happened at the um the risk limiting audit uh there was a fellow there who showed up in a red jumpsuit and white tennis shoes, both of which were brand new, shaved head, real tall guy. And he was kind of palling around with 
the observers out front saying, oh, I just came here to learn about the process and I'm this and I'm that. And he said he was a Trump supporter. Okay, fine. You know, go in there and stand in the public observation area and watch and learn. And he came in and stood for a while. And one of these observers, and I, I don't remember what party she was from, uh, she came up to me and said that he made her nervous. And I said, well, if he makes you nervous, why don't you go tell one of those cops over there and just stay away. Don't let him get in your personal space. So this guy goes out and apparently was having some sort of loud discussions with people about politics. And I don't know if the cops went out there at that point or not, but he was leaving. And I thought this was very odd. You know, it's not the norm to see this where people are counting ballots. That what is usually a boring event that no one goes to. Uh, and so I took some photos. He slammed on his truck brake. So I walked right up to him. And I said, hey, man, did they throw you out of there? And we got to chatting, and I was trying to find out what his deal was. And he said that he had this theory that the paper ballot, like the absentee ballots that they were counting, no, the, the printed ballots that they were counting were not real ballots, that they were just regular printouts from a regular printer and that these were not the actual ballots and that they had changed them all for Joe Biden and that's why Joe Biden looked like he won. And so we, we chatted a little more and then he he wanted to see my ID and I had asked him what his name was. Okay. He says, Well I'll show you my ID if you show me yours. I'm like, sure. So I waved my press badge at him. And so now he has my name, right? He's like, oh, darn, I forgot my driver's license. Dude is sitting in a brand new truck. So, you know, all, all of these things are happening. And he, he goes to leave. And I did the thing where you turn your wrist and try to take a picture of the license plate, except he saw me. And he got very angry. He slammed on his brakes again. He jumped out and he came at me. He said, no, all that was bullshit, right? All that was bullshit. You were just, you know, stringing me along, basically. And I'm telling him, no, man, it's cool. It's cool. You know, I really was interested in what he had to say. And he was very upset. And he hung around for a while. And, no, he left then. And I said to myself, watch, he's going to come back. About half an hour later, I'm standing in the observation area. This guy appears just like a ghost next to me. And he starts going, Robin Kemp, Robin Kemp, why don't you put everybody's picture on the Internet? He was all mad because I had tweeted a photo of him standing in this area, right? Uh, and one of the things that he said to me when he was in the truck was that um, he came prepared today. That's why he came prepared. I said, what do you mean? And he said, you know, my outfit. He says, I'm ready to go to jail. Wow. Yeah. It, well, there's two observations I have with that. Number one, that is really scary. Number two, you have no fear, Robin. I mean, that is pretty, I mean, ballsy of you. Well, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's just trying to get the story done, basically. And, and this is the thing that really makes me angry about it, is that I haven't really written about this. I did, and then I said, you know what? I'm not going to kick this hornet's nest right now. And I took that paragraph out of there. Uh, even though it was, I thought, extremely newsworthy and very strange, uh, I thought, this is where we're getting into the, we're beginning to get in the land of self-censorship here. And that is what is truly disturbing. Truly, truly disturbing. This is the United States of America. We have a First Amendment. And we have it for a reason. That is straight up 
you know, textbook voter intimidation. I think you're an inspiration to a lot of journalists. People need coverage out here. Clayton County is over 300,000 people at the last census update, and that is bigger than the city of Pittsburgh. One person truly cannot do it all. So the goal I have for the Clayton Crescent is to raise enough funding so that we have enough people to actually cover it all. But, you know, it's something that has to be done. It just has to be done. Well, I think that in terms of what we all watched, you know, the night when Clayton County basically put it over the top for Biden and how you were there, you were taking the pictures, people were just glued to their... (laughs) to your Twitter feed, but I think it really does underscore just how significant and important it is for us to have local journalists on the ground who know the counties, the cities, the people, and know really what's going on. So I just, you know, I really appreciate your service, but but I also think that that it was great just to kind of show exactly why, exactly why we need people just like you. Well, Robin, uh, we have learned a lot from you. I am so glad that people are donating to the Clayton Crescent. People can find it at ClaytonCrescent.org, and you can go right there and support. Everybody who has donated will get a 501c3 letter to write off their taxes. Great. And uh, we'll be able to apply for some grants and things like that and try and keep this thing self-sustaining into the future long after I'm gone. Oh, well, we definitely need you there. And we need your awesome Twitter account, which is R Kemp News. <laughs> Thank you so much, Robin. Really appreciate it. Thank you all. Thank you very much for having me. And I really appreciate the work that y'all are doing as well. So uh, we appreciate local journalism, support local journalism, donate where you can. Uh, Robin was great. Uh, that's some crazy stuff she's dealing with, Jen. Look, it's it's... It really is fascinating to follow her, or it has been, because she would take pictures and really document what was going on in real time. There wouldn't be any editorializing. It would literally be the man walked in in a red jumpsuit and white shiny shoes, and the picture would tell you all you needed to know. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So we appreciate her. Give her a donation if if you feel so inclined. Getting a lot of questions from people They want to know what can they do to help in the Georgia runoffs. And we do have lists of different organizations. You can always email us to voteherpodcast at gmail.com. Also, shout out to my friends at Sun of My Belly. You know, a lot lot of people want to do fundraisers and events, which is hard in pandemic times. So they decided to put together a box, a gift box of all local products and you buy the box and everything goes to New Georgia Product and Fair Fight. And you can go to uh, ballotbox.sunofmybelly.com for more information on that. That's fun, right? That's awesome. So that's a good one. Other news, the Bidens have announced they're getting a cat. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, where do you put a litter box in the White House? Well, the Clintons had socks, the cat. I'm not saying I was for that either. <laughs> I mean, for goodness sakes, like for real, where do you put the litter box? Well, the cat's going to live in the personal quarters, right? So, you know, in their home quarters. Yeah, I'm, I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, see, I, I'm into it. I don't have a cat because I'm highly allergic, but I love cats because I think they rule and they don't give a shit about anybody. And I think it's amazing. I mean, I think it'd be great to go with those two dogs. Uh, I'm I'm not sure. 
I will say this, though. Let me be clear. I'm not a cat hater. I grew up with cats. I love them. But that's just why I can't get my head around it. I think it's bizarre that they suddenly out of nowhere decide it's, you know, newsflash. They're getting a cat. It's because it's so normal. Like, things are so boring and normal when it comes to the Bidens, and I am so here for it. Excited about that. Uh, And there'll be more information to talk about, like the inauguration, all the foolery that's going to go around that, because things keep coming out that are weird. But the weirdest thing and my favorite thing of the week, and this is a clip I've been dying to play of Melania Trump, because this kind of actually made me like her a little bit more. Not that I truly like her. I don't want to say I like her. I do want to say she's beautiful. I do want to say she looks so great in clothes and has impeccable taste, except when she wears the green military kind of uniforms. Anyway, the tapes of her talking about Christmas, the best. You say I'm, I'm complicit. I'm the same like him. I support him. I don't no. say enough. I don't do enough. No. It's, where, it's, where I am, I put the, I'm working like a, Ask my ass I know. The Christmas stuff that, you know, who gives a f- about Christmas stuff and decoration, but I need to do it, right? Yeah, but Correct? 100%. You have and no then, choice. And, okay, and then I do it, and I say that I'm working on Christmas uh, planning for the Christmas, and they said, oh, what about the children that they were separated? Give me a f- break. Now, don't you remember, Jen, they're the war on Christmas, happy holidays, the Democrats are canceling Christmas, and this is what she's saying about Christmas. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really just kind of amazing and wonderful, all wrapped up into one. I will say, though, I saw her getting the, the Christmas tree, right, the delivery, and I didn't even recognize her because her hair is really blonde. I thought it looked great. Well, I didn't know it was her. Like, I was like, who's the blonde lady getting the tree? Because they were shooting her from the back. And then all of a sudden, I was like, oh, my gosh. She's a stunning woman. Oh, well, uh, no doubt. Uh, no and doubt. it turns out she's already signed on to write a memoir, which I will definitely want to read. Maybe. I don't know. But also. Well, she's her. just got to be a little careful. Remember. <laughs> Remember her issues with the speech she gave? I mean, oh yeah. I hope she hasn't been, you know, looking a little too closely at Michelle Obama's becoming. <laughs> I remember that speech. Oh my god, you're so right. Anyway, she has to do the she has to do Christmas this year. So, Melania, from us to you, thoughts and prayers. We want to thank our whole team um in putting this podcast together. Oh, and here's a tease before we go. We are going to have a special bonus episode coming later this week with a very, very special guest who is someone you've definitely heard of. He's well-known on the national stage. That's right. Not just in South Georgia. (laughs) So uh, I don't want to jinx it, but it's a pretty big freaking deal. Right, Jen? It is. Let me just say this, that my son has never really shown any interest in anything I'm doing. That, that's probably not true, but he is a teenager. But when I told him about this, he literally almost teared up. Yeah, uh, same with my son, who's 15 years old. When I was trying to get this set up, he couldn't believe it was happening. So we don't want to jinx it by saying who it is. But just watch this space. Listen and subscribe. We're going to post it later this week and you'll get the update and you'll get to listen to it. That's right. 
Uh, follow us at Podcast Vote. Email us, voteherpodcast at gmail.com. Follow Senator Jen at Senator Jen at Barrett Davis. Leave us a five-star review because it helps other listeners know that they should subscribe to this too. And everybody, make sure you're registered to vote. Yes. Uh, and vote and get your voting plan. That's right. That's right. If And at this point, ask for your absentee ballot. But, you know, anytime past maybe December 10th, get your voting plan to actually show up and vote early and vote in person. And if you would like Jen's Watergate gross salad, <laughs> you can email I'm going to take us. a picture of it. It's amazing. <laughs> okay, great.